God's beloved people, grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive this one into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light. Over these past weeks, I've had several occasions to speak and hear these words. They serve as the commendation from our funeral liturgy, our parting words as we entrust our loved one to Christ for the last time, as we will again this afternoon for Betty Selden. They are a poignant reminder that when all is said and done, what matters most in this life is not what we accomplish or what a righteous person we are. What matters most is that we belong to God. Christ is our shepherd. We are his flock. As he guides and cares for us in this life, so he will care for us in death and shepherd us into the life to come. The funeral liturgy leans heavily on the image of Christ, the Good Shepherd. This image has appeared in Christian liturgy and art throughout the centuries and across a variety of cultures. It is one of the foundational metaphors of the Christian faith, which makes me kind of curious. Of all the ways to imagine God, to depict God, why has this one so captured us? We are not a nomadic, herding society. I know nothing about sheep except for what I see at the Puyallup Fair. And yet the image of the Good Shepherd speaks to my soul. I wonder why that is. I think there are clues for us in our texts today. When Jesus chose this metaphor, he was not sitting on a grassy knoll in a green pasture waxing rhapsodic about sheep. He was in the temple in a showdown with the religious leaders who questioned his authority at every turn. We tune into the story today as Jesus had just healed a man who had been blind from birth. Instead of rejoicing in this marvelous gift and all that it would mean for this man, the religious leaders were agitated, wrapped around the axle. By what authority did Jesus do this? This was not a sanctioned act done in a sanctioned way. For one thing, it was the Sabbath, completely inappropriate. Who did he think he was to flout the laws of Israel? You may remember this story from the ninth chapter of John's Gospel. The leaders launch an investigation interviewing the blind man and his parents and Jesus. It just becomes more and more ridiculous. And it becomes clear that their umbrage is not really about the Sabbath or the proper way to heal someone. It is about power and self-preservation. They saw themselves as God's agents, God's brokers, they were a privileged group with significant power over the lives of Jewish people. Instead of sharing this power, using it for the sake of others, they guarded it 
protected it, perhaps even hoarded it. Now, I'm sure this was not the case for all the religious leaders, but it describes those who consistently tangled with Jesus throughout the Gospels. It describes those who tangled with Peter in our Acts text today. It isn't hard for me to imagine this, because this is how privilege works. It can create a willful blindness that is as difficult to heal as any physical impairment. It's against this backdrop of rising tension that Jesus speaks the words we hear in our gospel text today. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for this sheep. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The hired hand runs away at the first sign of trouble because the sheep do not belong to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own my own know me, and I will lay down my life for them. Jesus lifted up a very different image of leadership, of power and authority. He spoke of the authority of love and the power of belonging to a shepherd, to a flock. Love does not seek gain over other people. It does not seek to diminish others in order to preserve status or security. Love is generous and compassionate. It creates more belonging, more inclusion, not less. A good shepherd is motivated by love. This shepherd knows the needs of the flock and in love leads them away from those things that diminish and harm them and leads them toward those things that bring abundant life for people and for all creation. This is who Jesus is for us. He leads us to the clean water of God's mercy and invites us to drink freely. He sets a table before us and invites all hungry people to dine freely on God's grace. Like a faithful shepherd, Christ guides us by sharing the wisdom of God with us. He shepherds us away from practices of power that are rooted in fear and scarcity. He shows us how to use power for the sake of others, for the sake of justice and mercy and a world made whole. You and I are living in a time of history when our eyes are being opened to the dynamics of privilege. I have learned so much in the last few years about what it means that I am a white, educated, middle-class, Christian U.S. citizen with all of the spoken and unspoken privileges this brings. My eyes are being opened. At times, it's uncomfortable and disorienting. But I believe that I'm being healed of some of the blindness that is the shadow side of privilege. I see this as the work of God's Spirit in my life. Christ is shepherding us into a more holy vision, into practices of power that are rooted in abundance, in God's promise that there is more than enough, enough love and belonging, enough goodness and mercy for all. This past week, several groups here at St. Mark's, um, in several groups, we discussed 
the last line of Psalm 23, which we just read together, you may know it by heart. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Hebrew verb here that is translated, usually translated follow, is actually a much stronger verb. It's the word pursue or chase after. How does that sound different to you? That goodness and mercy shall pursue you all the days of your life. It's a powerful promise. We all know what it's like to be pursued by fear or regret or just the burdens and responsibilities of daily life. What would it be like for you if every day you were aware of being pursued by the goodness and mercy of God? What would it look like if we trusted this promise? That no matter how rocky the terrain, no matter how dark the valley of the shadow of death, the goodness and mercy of God chase after us. We don't have to find God's goodness or earn God's mercy. God finds us, and like a good shepherd, wraps us in the very things that heal us and lead us into abundant life. May this promise enfold all of us today. May it give us courage for the living of these days and hope for the life to come when we are ushered into a flock that is redeemed and whole and more expansive than we would ever imagine. Thanks be to God. Amen. We sing together, and if you have prayer cards, just raise those up and the ushers will gather them.